Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. This week, the Daily Daf is being led by Rabbi Jill Jacobs, the Executive Director of Rabbis for Human Rights North America. In these Dapim, we switch from the lofty to the mundane. Instead of beautiful Midrashim about Sinai and what happens there, we have tiny details about a small aspect of Shabbat worship. That is, how much can you carry from private to public spheres without being liable? There are various answers about different kinds of material, wood, spices, etc., with the guiding principle being that it's enough that it's useful for something. That is, enough wood to cook a small egg, enough spices to season a small egg, enough shells to dye a small garment, enough reed to make a quill. So you're not allowed to carry something from the private sphere to the public sphere if it's something that you could do some work with. So why is it that we get this rule right after all of the beautiful Midrashim about what happens at Sinai? Well, there are a few things that are new after Sinai. First of all, we're heading toward having private space. Slaves might have homes, but they don't really have a private domain. Ultimately, their masters control them. There's nowhere they can retreat and know that they're safe, that it's private. Now, the people have been in the wilderness where presumably they have their own small tents, but there's not really private space when you're all living together outside. But they're heading toward a place where they can set down permanent residences. They can create homes where they will have their private space. And so the distinction between what's private and what's public is suddenly important. Second, there's a new expectation of contributing to the world. In the slavery, the people, of course, had to work, but they worked for their masters. For the first part of their wanderings through the wilderness, they don't have to work. God gives them man, God gives them the manna that they gather every day, and they're just journeying. That's their job, to journey from slavery to freedom. But now, suddenly, God instructs him to build the Mishkan, to build a tabernacle where they can start to worship. This is their first opportunity to do work that's meaningful for themselves, that's a way of worshiping God, that's something that they can look at and say, yeah, that's ours, we created it, it's not for our masters. And this is perhaps the beginning of their moving into a life where they do other kinds of work, daily commerce, trades, all the kind of work that they'll have to do when they set up their society. And so it's also important to set the boundaries between what's Shabbat and what's allowed on Shabbat in Shabbat practice and what counts as part of one's work life. And then the third thing that's important is that there's a lesson here that the Torah will ultimately be understood by its small details. That is, that even though we have grand lofty narratives in the Torah, the day-to-day practice of Judaism is about the small details, about being mindful about every moment, about how we look at every moment and how we act in every moment. And so we have a number of laws about this area of Shabbat practice that doesn't seem so lofty or inspirational. That is, that we're not supposed to carry from the private sphere to the public sphere. So who cares? 
While there are some people who define their Shabbat practice by strict adherence to the laws, whether it's not carrying outside of an enclosed area, that is from the private to the public sphere, not using electricity in the modern world, not separating undesirable materials from desirable ones. And then there are others who emphasize the spirit of Shabbat, that is spending time with friends and family, relaxing, turning off technology, but maybe who don't think so much about the little details of the laws. Both of these can be powerful ways to set Shabbat apart, and yet both can be limited. Sometimes people get so caught up in the rules as the be-all and end-all of Shabbat that they end up finding loopholes that are technically okay, but violate the spirit. So setting the TV ahead of time in order to watch the baseball game, or doing reading for school or work without taking notes. Or if somebody focuses on the spirit without the rules, then boundaries can become very unclear. Is spending money to go to a movie fun and relaxing, or is it commerce? Is driving to see family within the spirit of Shabbat, or is it an invitation to the stresses of the road? Now, in our world, of course, everyone will ultimately decide for themselves what constitutes a meaningful Shabbat, where we emphasize the spirit, and where we emphasize the law. But I think that the Gemara is pushing us toward an awareness that both spirit and law are important. We have, of course, precise laws about how much pepper, wood, and reeds one may carry from one domain to the other. Now, we can make ourselves crazy trying to figure out whether the amount of spices in our hand or the amount of dye that we have is just a tiny bit over, just a tiny bit under the forbidden amount. But the Gemara is clear that the point is not to dictate an arbitrary measure, but rather to stop us from working. So if I figure out that I can come up with a practical use for a piece of wood that's smaller than the technical amount that's forbidden, I shouldn't take that as an excuse to carry this tiny bit of wood from my home to my garden. The point is to separate myself from work altogether, even if I might be able to find a technical loophole to allow me to carry this tiny splinter of wood. At the same time, the focus on detail teaches us that these seemingly picayune details matter. The finer points of what we can carry when, to what temperature we can heat our food, when we're allowed to separate one thing from another, all force us to remain mindful at every moment of Shabbat that we're refraining from work, and that this day is different from all the other days of the week. And so we move from the lofty, grand vision of Sinai, from all of the beautiful Agadot, the stories about the supernatural elements that happen at Sinai, into the details of how we actually bring this beauty of Shabbat, this beauty of the experience of the divine into our everyday lives. And that experience requires both being mindful of the spirit and also being mindful of the little details that can force us to remember that spirit. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.